Uh, and we're in our come together theme for the year, uh, which I think has sort of undergirded this season pretty good. Uh, we sort of are recognising the need to be together and, uh, and not to lose a sense of connection. And of course, Ephesians chapter 1, where we've taken that theme from, is uh, God wanting to bring all things together in Christ, wanting to bring everything in heaven and on earth. We've begun talking about our lives in relation to that because often we've experienced a certain amount of scattering from the brokenness of our society. And yet it's good news that Jesus wants to pull that back together, bring our lives together so that we can be agents of healing in our world. And so that's where we've been. Uh, But where I want to start tonight is, uh, I've got a confession to make. I love high-definition television. I mean, it's amazing. The last 10 years have been an absolute game-changer, haven't they? Uh, Because no one likes pixelated images. No one likes furry images. Uh, We all want to see things sharp. And high-definition just makes things pop, doesn't it? Makes it pop right out. And so high-def is an incredible thing. And uh, tonight, I actually want to talk about High definition love or love in high definition. And I'm in John chapter 15, verse 9. And Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And you know, that is a big statement, the first one. As the Father's loved me, so I love you. And I, I look at that, the original language for love, the word is agapeo, and that's the, that's the verb that's used here. The noun agape literally means charity or self-giving love. I love this thought about it. It means deep and constant love. And, uh, and I look at this whole verse. It begins with the word as, and I think we could say it this way, just as. Just as the Father loved me, I love you. In other words, in exactly the same way, in the same manner, in the same capacity, with the same emotion, the same desire for, the same benevolence, the same acceptance. And I I love that thought, but what I want to challenge us with a bit tonight is, can, can I actually see myself in that picture? Because it's one thing to sort of give mental assent to. It's, it's easy to say, I believe that. And I think most of us would say, well, I believe that. I believe in the love of God. But I think when we personalise it, it's a whole different thing. And so I want to look at this tonight for us because uh, we've got a question. Do we really see it? Do I see myself in that frame? Can I accept it? in such a way that it changes the way I speak to myself? Can I embrace it so that it changes the way I respond to myself? Not just to others, but to myself. My failures, my triumphs, the way I respond in difficult times. Because, you know, in difficult times and uncertain times, tough times... It's a pretty natural thing sometimes that we actually question the love of God. We actually question whether He really does love us. And so I want to talk about putting ourselves in the frame because that's the clincher. 
Putting yourself, being able to see yourself in the frame of the love of God is the clincher. That's when you know it's moved from simple belief and mental assent to revelation in our hearts. Um, Because again, I have no problem with the principle of saying God loves us. And I think we can say it towards others really easily. I've got no problem with that at all. I'm sort of on the other side of the wall from my perspective. When I say God loves you, God loves someone out there, I'm still hidden behind my own little wall of the heart. Uh, and that, that's a different place. Now, I can, I can reach out to someone. I can reach out to Damien. And with absolute confidence, I can say, God loves you, Damien. He really, really does. I can look this way. And for Massa, God loves you, Massa. Absolutely. And I've got no doubt. I can, I say that, I do that. I comfort people in difficult times and I affirm people with the love of God. And it's not, it's not a problem. But until I can say it of myself, until you can say it of yourself, then I haven't really got a hold of it. Until I can revel in it, celebrate it, shout it out. It really isn't in my own heart. And I mean, yep, just the way I am. As perfectly imperfect as I am. I've got to be able to say it and speak it like I mean it if it's, if it's in my heart at all. So he loves me. And actually, it's a little bit unusual to say. Um, for me to walk down the street, and introduce myself. Imagine that. I'd shake someone's hand, but I can't. But if I said, hello, I'm someone that Jesus loves, it would seem almost conceited or almost arrogant. But here's the interesting thing. The the Apostle John did. No less than six times in his gospel, he gives himself the title of the disciple or the student that Jesus loved. And so it's in the Bible, folks. and, And when I look at it, John was not doing that. He wasn't making it up. He wasn't saying something to try and get like a nose in front of his peers, if you know what I mean. John was saying it with total humility, simply because he knew it to be a fact. He knew that that was the truth of the matter. In other words, John could see Jesus' love in high definition. It was absolutely clear to him. And I have to see Jesus' love for me the same way. You have to see Jesus' love for you the same way, the way that, Je- that, that the Father loved his Son. And Jesus knew it. And he walked in that love. And he talked about that happily. This verse is him talking about God loving him. It wasn't proud. It wasn't arrogant. It was a conviction and a fact. So the question is, is that me? Is that you? Can I talk about the love of God like that? And I think I have to accept Jesus' love that way. I can't reject it. I can't minimise it. I can't undermine its reality with like a false humility. Oh, not me, because that actually takes away from what Jesus has already said. Jesus, and, and you know, Jesus then went on to say, abide, abide in my love. So he loves us, 
we have to find a way to open our heart to that love and accept it for ourselves. And then he says, abide in that love. In other words, the Greek word literally means the original language remain or to sojourn, you know, an old word, but it means to journey. Literally journey in my love, do life in my love. And another, another meaning to it is to be held by. So Jesus says, abide in my love. He's saying, come on, this isn't a one-off thing. This is your journey. This is what will hold you through everything you face in life. This, this is what will hold you in the most difficult times, even times like these. You can find yourself held by the love of God. It's not one-off. It's not a goosebumps experience. It's more than that. And the fact is, if you truly accept the love of God, accept that He loves you, it will underpin your, your security as a person. It will shape your self-talk, the way that you speak to yourself. It will remap the narrative of your mind to accept the love of God on that level. It'll revitalise your self-image and your sense of value as a human being. So like a banknote, if I think about myself, like a banknote, I'm valuable because of whose image is stamped on it. But I think what Jesus is saying is you're doubly valuable because of the love that's invested in it. So no matter what happens in our broken world, it doesn't change His love for us and His desire for us to love Him, ourselves and others. And I think I've just got this sense, you know, we've been talking in more recent times about returning to our original vocation as human beings. You know, what were we created to be? And I believe that every time we respond to truth like this, as hard to respond to as it can be, we take like one big step into the light. You know, Scripture says we're made in the image of God and that was to reflect His image to, to the creation He loves. And so we have an opportunity when we embrace truth to actually step out of the shadows if believing a lie, if believing what the schoolyard bully said, if believing so often what our society might try and squeeze us into, that image, if believing that pushes us into the darkness, then actually accepting truth is like simply stepping into the light. And I love that because when the light hits you, the real you is seen. Not the fuzzy image, not the distorted image, not the pixelated image, but the real you, the true person of the heart is revealed. So what I want to do is ask us some questions and maybe we can apply this message. We can think through what it means for us. And, uh, and today on our Facebook page, uh, people will be able to get a hold of that and discuss these questions in groups. So make sure you hit up our different Facebook pages for the different locations. Here's some questions regarding this message. Have I ever experienced the agape, the God kind of love personally? Is that your personal experience 
Or is that something that's foreign to you? Another question is, can I accept the love of God as a reality, not just a concept? As I said, it's, it's, it's easy, especially if you've actually been a follower of Christ for some time, it's easy to accept the concept. But can I accept it as a reality for me? Can I access it for myself personally, not just as an external concept for others? Do I talk about myself to myself, our self-talk, in a way that values me the way that God valued me by making me in His image? Is that the way I talk about myself in my head? And what is my reaction to myself when I have a serious dolt moment? What is that? What does that look like? Because we all have them. We've all messed up at times in embarrassing ways. But what is my response? Is, that, is my response unhinged, unanchored, fearful, or is it anchored in the love of a God whose love does not change based on performance? And lastly, can I accept God's love for me even after my ugly side has made an appearance. Can I accept it? So it's asking the same question a couple of different ways, but I think it's good to do that. And you know, lastly, there's something I want you to practice and it's a bit, it's a bit strange, I've got to warn you. But this is something I want you to practice and I want you to think about doing uh, because we can talk about this and walk away and say we've just heard a message or we can actually move into the truth, penetrate the truth of it or let the truth of it penetrate us. So I want to give us a little exercise and that is find a spot after you've listened to this message, find a spot where you don't feel crazy with a little bit of space, you know, self-isolate for a little bit and say out loud, God loves me. God really loves me until you can say it comfortably, until it, it actually rests on you. And, you and, and honestly, I did this this week and it was, it was quite amazing. It was difficult to do, but, but as I did it, it began to rest on me. The truth of God's Word just seemed to penetrate my heart that much more. And so... I think it'd be a good place right now to pray about what we've just learned. So why don't we uh, just bow our heads. Father, help us to wrap our minds around this beautiful truth. Help us to embrace it, to accept it, to walk in it, to talk about it, to live it, to enjoy it, to own it for ourselves, not as an abstract concept, but as irrefutable truth. And you know, as we are just in this moment, maybe you're listening, you're watching, and you'd say, I don't think I've ever experienced God's love for myself personally. Maybe you've never opened your heart. Maybe you didn't know how to. Well, friend, I just want to encourage you. You can simply begin by doing what I just said. In your own heart of hearts, open yourself up to God. And say, God, I want to know. I want to discover your love and experience it. 
And so I'm opening my heart right now. And I believe that God's presence will touch you, my friend. And, uh, and I encourage you, don't let it be a one-off moment. Make this part of your life's journey. Feel free to contact us about it. So some last instructions just as we finish. And that is uh, Facebook pages are there for the discussion, as I said. And I'm just thinking if you're in a life group at New Hope, you run a life group, um, it'd be great to start a, a Facebook group, a chat and discuss this. There's other chats that are happening, but hey, I'm happy for our life groups. We've got many, many of them across the church. Happy for you guys. And think about inviting someone that maybe you know doesn't normally attend a life group of any kind. Invite them into that chat and let's practice that online community. So thanks for being with us. And I hope this message has been a blessing. Uh, And I also want to thank you all for your generosity toward the church and empowering this ministry. So stay safe and let's be gracious to one another. Amen.